Welcome, Fitness in Motion family. We have made it to episode four. In today's episode, we talk about metabolism. We talk about what it is, we talk about what it is not. And to help us figure out this word, we go over four different points. BMR, non-exercise activity thermogenesis, physical activity at the gym, and food thermogenesis. Now, I kind of wanted to really shorten this episode because I wanted to call it a mini motion, if you will, just to give you a couple tidbits of information so that you can run with it and also reach out to me for any questions outside of the episode. And I talk about this, I use this model with all of my clients a lot more frequently now, but coincidentally, I also heard these topics and these discussions on the podcast over at Barbell Shrugged. Shout out to them, go check them out. Um, they didn't definitely didn't pay me to, to promote them here, uh, but that really inspired me to start talking about it on my podcast. I feel like it's become of more importance. It's not anything new, but for me, for my clients, I feel like we've started venturing away from it. So let's just bring it all back, talk about metabolism so that it's not just this buzzword that we can blame for being born with a slow metabolism, a broken metabolism, or whatever excuse we have. There are things we can do or things that we should do to enhance and improve it. I can't wait for you guys to dive into it. Please reach out to me if you have any questions. Let's get into the episode. What's up, FimFam? Welcome to episode four. In today's episode, I want to talk about one thing called metabolism. And to give you a brief uh, backstory on, on why I felt this was an important topic to talk about, I was invited to participate and speak on this uh, national webinar call last week, uh, led by our company's uh, national nutrition program director, Paul Kriegler. Shout out to him. But I've mentioned this before, and I mentioned to him, you know, I'm not a certified nutrition coach. I am not uh, a, a registered dietitian. So before the call, I was like, well, what, what do I have to bring to the table to speak to these nutrition gurus uh, about how I talk about metabolism to, to my clients or, or other people in the gym? And I had to think back. I was like, you know what? I do use this model when talking to anyone and everyone that I work with or don't work with. Uh, when it comes to metabolism or nutrition advice or just to you know get them to the right professional if it's not me. And that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about today. And it falls right in line with the word metabolism. Uh, another reason why I wanted to talk about this was is metabolism is, I sometimes I think we know what it is, but since it's become such a big buzzword, it's become blown up in several ways to the point where it's, it's now can be confusing to me. And we need to sort of sit down relax and break this down so that we know one, what the heck is it? But two, how do we actually improve or enhance our metabolism now that we know what it is? Instead of just something we can throw our hands up in the air and blame it, you know, that I was born with a slow metabolism or now I have a broken metabolism because of X, Y, and Z. Metabolism is just something built in it, it, into our bodies. It's a normal human physiological response or or concept that that our bodies use just to use energy so it's not like we don't have it or we have a slow one no we all have some sort of metabolism that gets us through the day or gets us 
you know, processing different foods. Uh, but because of our goals, because of the season in our life, because of the season of the year or, or whatever, we just might be focusing on different parts of it. Or we might be neglecting other parts of it, which is why we feel like we don't have the best metabolism. So let's go over it. Yep. Uh, the first term I want to I want to sort of introduce here is if we know metabolism is not the speed or the rate that our stomach churns foods. I was talking to a, to a young member at the gym. He's like, I feel like I have a slow metabolism because I just feel like I don't process foods fast. I was like, you know what? That's that's awesome. That's really not what, metab what metabolism is, or at least not to, uh, we, can't, we shouldn't look at it that way um, because then I feel like I can't help you. But let's think of metabolism as just the way your body uses energy. And so the first concept is TDEE or total daily energy expenditure. So if we think of like a 24 hour time window, how does our body use energy? And here are the four points or the four point model that I presented on that webinar call and that I want to really dive into in today's episode. So the, the first point is BMR or basal metabolic rate. So essentially, this, this is just how much energy does my body need to keep me on, to keep my ticker ticking, just to keep me alive, right? Just sitting in a chair. This is not taken into account of movement or sleeping or or absorbing and, and breaking down food. It's just sitting in a chair and existing. The second one is what I call NEAT or N-E-A-T. So this is any non-exercise activity training or just how much energy your body uses to do non-exercise um, activities. So like walking out to get the mail, mowing the lawn, walking the dog, reaching up to the top shelf to grab a cup. Uh, it still requires energy. It's still a thermogenic process, uh, but it's not necessarily activities that we would put into like the, the, the physical activity bucket. But that does bring us to our third one, which is the physical activity uh, point. And this is something that I feel like we can all wrap our heads around a little bit better, or it's just something that we focus more on or even too much on but that is the dedicated time when we rev up our engine uh on that day a little bit more we either do higher intensities we're at the gym our mindset is on exercise and then the fourth one is food thermogenesis or better known as diet induced thermogenesis so this is going to be how much energy your body either gets from certain foods um, or that how much energy your body uh, needs to to break down, absorb, or oxidize certain foods and nutrients. Now, after going over all those four, the rest of the episode, we're just going to break down all four of those. But we have to understand that our body doesn't use all of all four of these equally. And let's start with the first one, BMR. When we talk about that total daily energy expenditure, the BMR accounts for about 60% of that total number. 60% is huge. And I, th I think a lot of us know or have heard BMR or resting metabolic rate, uh, but we don't realize everything that we do or don't do has a huge impact on that. And the other three, like NEAT, physical activity, and food thermogenesis. Now, this is just personally how I coach my clients, but I focus those three on enhancing that BMR, right? We all have a, a, a certain rate that our body uses energy. 
we, we all have a BMR, but for the most part, we all can uh, benefit from increasing our BMR, whether you're a sport athlete or working on weight loss, whatever. And it, it's one of those things that I, I say we can't actively work on them. Like we can't just, we know our, our resting metabolic rate is working when we're at rest, but it's not like we can just sit in a chair, close our eyes, and then just think harder and hope our body uses more energy at that moment in time. We have to realize that, okay, maybe we need to fine tune the time at the gym, the activities th during the day, or the foods that we put in our mouth to enhance our BMR versus just, you know, oh, woe is me. My resting me metabolic rate is low because of, I was born with a, with a slow resting metabolic rate. No, it is a big chunk of what keeps us going. And so we need to really work on enhancing that. And if you're out there thinking like, okay, 60% accounts for my basal metabolic rate, how do I calculate that? Good question. Now let's go an easier route. There are lots of just simple equations we can use to calculate that. Uh, a pretty known one, you can just Google it, is the Harris-Benedict equation. And it's very non-invasive. You just kind of punch in numbers and then get your estimated and calculated BMR. But it just takes into account your gender, your age, your weight, and your height. And that's an easy, easy tool you can use, especially if you're working with a nutrition coach or a fitness professional that needs that information to give you better uh, uh, prescribed nutrition advice or exercise advice. Um, but again, it's just a, it's an estimate. If we want to go a little bit more specific to you, there are other tests out there like calorimetry tests or metabolic tests. And this is a test that is usually done in like a lab setting or at our gym, we can do that. We just have you sit in a dark uh, office setting. But these tests have you hooked up to like an, like an air tube, a breathing tube, and then a heart rate monitor. So now we are measuring your CO2 production, your oxygen consumption, and then your heart rate, trying to figure out that BMR uh, based off of those metrics. And after all those are done, let's say no matter what route you use, you get your BMR, whether it's good, bad, awful, or awesome, uh, the goal is to always enhance that, or at least realize, for me, it's, it's been beneficial with my clients, no matter what it is, we find the state of the state of what it is, um, and then now it's a good coaching tool to figure out, okay, you are either not getting to the gym as much as we want, or you're just, you're full sending it at the gym and still not seeing the results you want. We need to focus on other things that might enhance your BMR or your overall metabolism. And that leads into the discussions about the other ones, the NEAT, the non-exercise movements, uh, what foods you're putting into your body. Um, but yeah, so BMR, it's going to be a big one, but it's, it's uh, I feel like there, there needs to be a little more testing or a little bit better conversations on how to actually work on that versus just thinking you're stuck with whatever BMR you have currently. Now, if we move to our second point, NEAT, the non-exercise activity thermogenesis, we know that 60% of our TDEE comes from our BMR, about 15% of our TDEE comes from NEAT. So any movement, any activity that's non-exercise related uh, that just gets us through the day. We're, we take walks, we, we, uh, we take the dog for a walk, we mow our lawn, we just we go around and move the dishes. Again, 
we used to be hunters and gatherers. So we were naturally moving more throughout the day because we had to. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any big things of communication. So we had to walk, you know, let's say three miles just to talk to a friend or, or a family member. We had to go out and hunt and gather for our meal later that evening. And we don't have to do that anymore. So they just look different, um, but almost to a point where they feel like they don't make an impact on our health and fitness goals. But they sure do. It's 15% of our TDEE, and which I'm going to get to this, but it's just as much as the physical, physical activity that we dedicate at the gym. And I wanted to bring this, uh, I want to add some more importance to this one, uh, because now we just, it, it, it's the biggest thing that I feel like we lack. Um, it's much easier to just add higher intensity workouts at the gym. It, it's, it's easier just to add more and more and more at the gym. Uh, than it is to just get up and walk, move more. Uh, you can only go out to the mailbox so many times, but right. So then let's just think of this from just a human species perspective. Uh, keep our, our engine idling at a very low to moderate pace throughout the day more. Instead of just hitting down the gas pedal as, as fast as we can more and more and more. And to, to a point where it might just not be enjoyable anymore, uh, we might lead to overtraining or under recovering, or we might just feel stuck. We can only spend so much time at the gym. And if we start capping ourselves and we can't add any more intensity or any more time at the gym, and we're still not seeing the results we want, we need to focus on other things. And, and it really comes down to this not non-exercise activity uh, training or thermogenesis. And I realize, especially with talking to some clients, it's a uh, it would be easy as, as a coach just to say, let's get up, you know, get our steps in, take the stairs instead of the elevator, get up from your computer and, and walk a half mile every three hours. It'd be very easy to say that, not so easy perhaps to execute that. So that's where uh, talking to someone or working with a coach on really kind of breaking down your lifestyle and your routine and just your work schedule to figure out where we can get this non-exercise activity into your days because it does make a huge impact. Now, our third point is physical activity or dedicated exercise time, whether it's at the gym or outside of the gym. Now, this accounts for 15% as well of our TDEE, which is the same amount as our non-exercise activity training. Isn't that crazy? I know I know, gym time is is kind of what we what 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 receives the most attention or, or what we try to dial in on the most uh, but if you feel like you've plateaued if you feel stuck or if you feel like you just can't fit more intensity or or more things into your gym time time to take a step back and figure out what else is lacking maybe uh, you aren't getting more movement throughout the day you're just crushing it at the gym for one to two hours and then you're going home and just sitting because of your job or or whatever uh, but let's talk about what we can focus on with, for this 15% of physical activity throughout the day. We can work on building muscle. We can work on mastering our movements or reinforcing movement patterns. You can include maybe higher intensity segments that you can't get outside of the gym or just being around like-minded people. You know, right? People who are going to the gym, they're going there to work on their health. And it's great to be around people, uh, if you're also trying to work on your health, 
maybe you're going there to improve flexibility or mobility uh, or working on like very parasympathetic focused exercise like yoga and Pilates types of workouts that maybe don't spike your cortisol as much. Or if you're an athlete, like working on more sport specific metrics like power production, balance, cardiovascular fitness or strength. Uh, but what I talk about physical activity is one, what are you doing and is it actually making an impact on your goals? And two, is it, is it, a, is it improving and enhancing the B, your BMR, right? So if, especially if you have aesthetic goals or weight loss goals, I want to make sure that these workouts that you're doing at the gym and you're dedicating time of your day for the gym, they're not only working on, you know, resistance training and cardio, we're making sure that it's increasing your BMR so that when you leave, and we kind of hear this, you leave the gym and setting yourself up for the rest of your day, or at least, you know, over, over the weekend until you come back to the gym. Um, or you're just coming to the gym to learn new things, to feel comfortable working on your health and fitness, to be around people and not be intimidated by others who are working on, on their health and fitness goals. 15% um, guys, uh, which is still a big chunk, but it's just as important as the non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And lastly, our fourth point, the diet-induced thermogenesis. Now this accounts for about 10% of our total daily energy expenditure. And yes, our body not only uses different foods for different types of energy, but our body requires different types of energy or levels of energy to break those down or absorb those foods or oxidize those foods. So again, not only do, does food give us different types of energy, our body just naturally works at different energy levels to break those down. And uh, if we look at the amount of energy our body needs to either initiate these, these steps of metabolism or absorption right after a meal, that, uh, that postprandial period after a meal, um, let's go over the, each macronutrient and uh, how much it makes an impact. Um, so, so fats, carbohydrates, and proteins. I'm actually gonna throw in a fourth macronutrient of alcohol, which is a non-essential macronutrient, but I'm gonna get to that in a little bit. So as far as stimulating these, these energy requiring processes after a meal, about zero to 5% is stimulated from fats, about five to 10% from carbohydrates, about 20 to 30% from proteins, and like 10 to 30% from alcohols. So the only reason I broke those down that way I don't want to really list them in a way of, um, of importance, not saying that proteins and alcohols, since they require more energy, they're more metabolically demanding than uh, carbohydrates and fats. We need, we need fats, carbohydrates, and proteins. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but if you're, if you now look at this and be like, okay, because of my goals and everything, uh, if you're not, let's say, for example, you're not getting as much protein as a nutrition coach or someone recommends to you, um, it's not so much just to throw more protein on your plate plate just because it might be because we just know it, it's it requires more energy it might boost your BMR um, and also help nourish and recover from the workouts that you're doing and for alcohol I, I wanted to throw this one in there because uh, we don't really talk about alcohol as being a macronutrient uh, I am not saying that we need to <laughs> uh, consume more to get you to your goals but just knowing that alcohol is a thing um, and it, it is something that humans consume. Um, sometimes you can count those towards like your, your, uh, your daily calorie amount. Um, but just know that alcohol is non-essential it, it, and it doesn't really have much 
nutritional value like vitamins and minerals or fiber, but it does take part. So if you happen to have alcohol in your system, uh, it does require a lot of energy to, to break that down and metabolize that. But on the other hand, it does, uh, it could stunt like muscle regeneration, recovery, protein synthesis. Uh, so just use that information um, as you feel. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, let's go back through all four of these. Uh, if you were like me, when I started working out, to get me to my goals, I just dialed in on exercise. For some of us, maybe we just focus on nutrition. Um, and those are going to be great starts, especially if you if you're getting back into it, if you've hit a plateau. Um, but the, we sort of are capped at as at a certain level of what we can do nutrition wise or exercise wise. I can only fit so much at the gym. I can only fit so much when working on my nutrition. So just know that there are other factors like BMR and non-activity thermogenesis. And I think that's what brought value to when I was on the national webinar call is since I'm not a nutrition coach or a registered dietitian, I didn't want to approach it as me trying to talk about nutrition things when it fell out of my scope or that, you know, I was bringing up topics that were not important. I felt like this just forces us to look at our routine and our life and realize that, man, I was looking in the wrong areas to improve. Maybe you're just rocking it at the gym and your exercise program is right where it needs to be. Same for your, your nutrition. We just have other things we need to focus on. Okay. And let's say I, I just hypothetically, let's say I, I switch jobs or I switch shift hours to a point where I'm not walking around as much at the gym as a personal trainer. Maybe all of a sudden I take a role where I'm very sedentary throughout the day. Uh, this will help motivate me to know that, okay, well, I know that I still need to get some movement throughout the day, whether that means getting up and walking around more, eating foods that are more metabolically demanding, um, or tweaking what I'm doing at the gym to still get me to my goals or just start moving the needle somewhere. And I feel like that can benefit a lot of listeners out there, especially for those who are feeling stuck or who are getting demotivated because you feel like you're doing everything you can without getting the results or the return on investment uh, health-wise that you feel like you need and deserve. And I'm hoping this will start sparking other other questions too. So go ahead and send me some some messages. Uh, um, I explained on, on that webinar call too. Again, I start with a model like this because it's it's sort of general, but it forces you then to, on your own, come up with specific alterations to your routine or start more specific questions to ask a fitness professional or nutrition coach um, to get you on your feet and get you ramped up. That's what this is all about, right? Educating you guys a little bit so that you can sort of look at fitness differently, look at the fitness industry differently, or just look at personal health differently. That's a wrap, guys. Thanks for tuning in for today's episode. Uh, all about metabolism, just sort of a what I call a mini motion episode. A couple tidbits to get your momentum going to finally enhance your programs and get your fitness in motion outside of this podcast. If you have any questions, if you have any suggestions, any feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can send me a message on whatever platform you're listening to or hit me up on Instagram. My tag is 
Kyler underscore alpha underscore fitness. And I'll again post every two weeks. So be on the lookout for that. But until then, stay healthy, stay fit, stay safe. See you in the future episodes.